That one-on-one down here for Kelsey, and he holds on. Touchdown, Kansas City. Pass is caught. Kittle breaks one tackle. Another. Wow, what a touchdown for George Kittle. That's Noah Fant breaking tackles in the secondary. There he goes for race. Ward can't get him. He's in for the touchdown. 75 yards. His first touchdown reception. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, John June. And of course, I got my guy, my co-host with me, Greg Penniman. Greg, what is good, man? Yo, what's going on? Titan episode. We're here. Uh, yeah, this is last of the breakdowns. You know, it's been a, a really good offseason. You know, I think we came came better, came back uh, stronger than ever. So uh, I'm looking forward to the season, looking forward to you know, all this news and reports coming out. So, yeah, let's finish strong. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Um, I know, you know, Greg, you're coming back from hashtag, you know, ball is life quarantine season, uh, whatever it is. Oh, no, still going uh, on. Yo, shout out to Dame. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Dame. Yes, sir. But we've been here. We've been rolling strong. Fancy football diagnostics. You know, we got that dynasty breakdown for you. Um, if you want to hear about those rookies, go back and listen to that. But like Greg said, this is the last of the breakdowns, man. Um, we're getting closer to the start of football. So, you know, today we talk about these tight ends. Uh, last week we covered the wide receivers, so go back and listen to that one. The week before we covered the running backs. The week before that we covered the quarterbacks as well. So you definitely gonna have to check that out. Um, but today we're gonna we're gonna get into some news. Uh, we're gonna discuss our top three tight ends. We each reveal our top eight tight ends. We're gonna go through our tight end bust, tight end sleepers, tight end breakouts, and then the newest segment this year, which we added a few weeks ago, the tight end rider dies. With that being said, uh, let's just jump into the news. Um, for, so first up, news item. Uh, this one's you know painful to me, um, but probably a little bit more painful to Denzel Mims. Um, his Denzel Mims, rookie wide receiver for the New York Jets, seems to have suffered a hamstring injury at practice. Uh, head coach Adam Gase said he he stepped, he took a you know an awkward step, um, you know, and, and he didn't. He said that they're not too concerned, but they did make a transaction this morning, uh, not too long ago, signing. Uh, veteran wide receiver Chris Hogan um, so that's gonna probably spell trouble for the prognosis on Denzel Mims um, which I think has an impact on, on on somebody we'll talk about a little bit later hint hint um, Greg what's your reaction to that news I know I know your uh, hashtag stay away from rookies in, in COVID-19 season so what's your what's your take there uh, yeah I mean it's just gonna be one of many for rookies and all players, soft tissue injuries. This is going to happen uh, a lot. You know, you know, players haven't had are not going to have the condition that they're coming in. Well, no preseason, not a lot of mini camp, not a OTA. So uh, it's going to be yeah, like this for a lot of players. You just got to be ready. Um, I think he still has a lot of great value in dynasty. So I, you know, I definitely wouldn't uh, err so on the side of caution there. Uh, I still like him in, a lot in that aspect. So yeah, uh, 
He should be a good player still. Yeah, no, I think he's somebody that obviously as the year, I mean, I, th- I thought this way anyway about him. As the year progressed, he'd be somebody that uh, you'd want to look towards maybe picking up as the, as the, as you know, he started getting his feet wet, making more plays. Uh, but this definitely puts a hamper in that. Um, somebody else who's dealing with an injury, that's wide receiver uh, San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel, who obviously suffered the, the Jones fracture earlier in the offseason. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, head coach Kyle Shanahan, said he's hopeful that they'll have Debo Samuel week one, but they're not counting on it. Um, you know, Greg, where are you at with Debo Samuel? I mean, he's still um, getting picked relatively high uh, compared to the other wide receivers, uh, even though his prognosis isn't necessarily great with the Jones fracture. Um, where are you at with him? Uh, yeah, I think I am probably would, uh, you know, stay away from him a little bit. Uh, I'm probably not going to draft him in a lot of drafts. Um, he's, you know, missed a couple games last year already uh, coming into the season with a, you know, a soft tissue injury. The There's reports already of the Niners uh, in plans to sign J.J. Nelson and T- Tavon Austin. So they oh, already they, they've already happened. Oh, they did? They already happened? Yeah. Yeah, so. those both those signs already happened. So, yeah, they're already looking forward to, you know, contingency plans and, and moving forward, focusing on, on guys like Brandon Ayuk, who probably would be one rookie to stand out, uh, I think, um, or and just more rely on George Kittle, who will, you know, focus on in this episode for sure. Yeah, I mean, Debo Samuel right now is going off the board wide receiver 35 uh, between guys like Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, um, you know, going ahead of guys like Marvin Jones, Deontay Johnson, um, you know, I Miko Hartman. I mean, it's tough, man. I, I like obviously we saw what he did last year, and and you know you would have been high on him had he come into the season healthy. But having the broken foot, having uh, that or that fracture in his foot, rather, um, you know that's definitely tough. I mean, I th- believe I read something that uh, you know if, if you try to rush it back, you're not even really the same player um, that you were before the injury. So even if he does come back early i think that's potentially bad news for you as a fantasy owner because now you're adding him to your roster uh, you're spending this wide receiver 35 price to add him to your team um, and you're going to put him in your lineups but you're not going to get that same production that he was giving to you last year so um and, but on to that note on that note rather uh brandon Ayuk, who you just mentioned rookie wide receiver for the 49ers um you know somebody that I'm endeared to very, very much so. Uh, Kyle Shanahan recently had some some glowing quotes of him um, saying that he's further along than a lot of rookies. Uh, continued to say he knows how to practice like like a pro, and you can tell he's prepared every day. He's not a guy you've had to teach how to act or teach how to uh, or teach how important it is to learn stuff. And you know, you know just praised his ability to to practice like a pro in, in, in this offseason so um and you know he he was a he was complimentary of the work that Brandon Ayuk did with with uh Jimmy Gra- or Jimmy Garoppolo rather in the offseason so Greg what I mean I know you just touched on it but what's your what's your take on on these quotes by Kyle Shanahan does it make you buy into Brandon Ayuk a little bit more uh so you know coming into a lot of these uh offseason news and reports I was saying off the air like I'm not gonna go too crazy on a lot of them like everyone's gonna look good in team teams meetings and stuff like that but um i think in practice yeah you know, it sounds like he knows the opportunity he's that that's in front of him that debo sam is coming in the year hurt 
that uh the guys that they sign I, he I feel like he believes he's better than both of them so I think he's you know he knows what, what what's in front of him and I think he can take that opportunity and make a lot of use in it especially late in the year and off the start to, to jump and um, a lot of DFS I think could be very cheap so I think uh, he has some value coming into this year yeah most definitely I think uh, you know similar to, to you know Debo Samuel was was you know his role progressed as the season progressed and I think we see something similar with Ayuk but it's you know it's it's good you know I, I'm not gonna get hyped up about news like this uh, you know obviously him being the first round pick or you know one of their their two first round picks uh, Kyle Shanahan you know probably is gonna speak glowingly of him um, but it's better than the alternative right if if he said that you know Ayuk has a lot to learn or he you know he's got to have better better practice habits and that that kind of be a red flag for me but um you know this is just you know good trajectory for where we where we believe Ayuk will end up at the end of the season right yeah um more Niners news uh Jarek McKinnon uh the running back who signed that big contract back in in 2017 um or 2018 rather uh, then went on to tear his ACL in, in the preseason and then uh, last year had complications with that same knee. Uh, seems like he's healthy, man. All the reports are coming out that uh, you know he's he's uh, in great shape. He's he's cutting. He's uh, you know running routes like he was. And and even Adrian Peterson, who you know played with uh, with Jarek McKinnon back in Minnesota a few years ago and has trained with Jarek McKinnon. Uh, he said that Jarek McKinnon looks like his old self. Um, in terms of you know what he what he expected from him in terms of you know what he'd seen from him in the past so um, he's somebody who's you know available in the last round of leagues uh, what's your what's your take on this situation Greg or, uh, you know, yeah thanks news by McKinnon there's a possibility he could be a hot you know waiver wire pickup you're saying uh, after week one if he does have a good game I'm just very wary of anyone that hasn't played two years of any football uh it could have been Andrew Luck coming back or anybody coming back from two years of football off uh I'm, I'm a little hesitant to just see what how, what kind of football shape the person's in um so I you know I think I wouldn't probably not touching the 49ers backfield to begin with and now it just adds another confusing factor to it so I'm gonna stay away from that yeah I mean the, the, the Niners backfield is obviously um something that's tough to pinpoint you've got you know, you've got a guy like Raheem Mostert. I think of all the running backs, Raheem Mostert's probably the one I'm not touching just because the price is too high. Um, you know, he's he's going in the fifth round. I just, you know, around RB yeah. 20, 26. Um, you know, that's just a little bit too high for me. Um, and then Tevin Coleman is obviously a, a bit more intriguing uh, going around nine, around RB 40. Um, but you know what? I probably will end up with a few shares of McKinnon just because, you know, he's he's free. Um, and, you know, if, if I throw him on my roster um, and, you know, at the end of my bench, you know, instead of drafting a defense, I draft him or something and then make a decision. Maybe I, I drop like, you know, uh, a backup quarterback or something or whatever it is. Right. And add this guy to my bench. And, um, you know, as we see, this offense can be prolific and mm-hmm. uh, the role he brings as a pass catcher, I think uh could could be useful this year um but moving on we got some guys got paid man um you know 
Travis Kelsey just reportedly got a $57.25 million extension on a, uh, on four years added to his contract. Uh, that contract's going to keep him and Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones on this roster together for the foreseeable future. Um, Kelsey actually is, is um, going to make... I think seven million dollars next year is what I is what I had read. Um, so you know he's taking a discount here to stay in Kansas City, um, and then you know George Kittle, uh, you know who these two are pretty much tied to one another. I feel like uh, they're always in conversation about who's the top tight end in the league. Um, there was also that that day where where Travis Kelsey broke the tight end record for for most yards, and then. In that same day, maybe just you know a few minutes later, George Kittle broke it, broke it, uh, broke that same record. Um, but Kittle received a, a five-year, seventy-five million dollar contract extension, which is going to go ahead and make him the highest-paid tight end in the league. So, um, Greg, what's what's your take on this right here? Oh yeah, these two guys, you know, going to be the you know near future for tight ends for a long time. Travis Kelsey's thirty, but he's just so such a durable guy. Um, he's only missed one game in the last five seasons, so. This man is money. You know he's going to be on the field. Uh, so he deserves every single dime. And George Kittle, most upside of any tight end in football. He's the most you know, talented part tight end in football. Uh, I just still remember that play against the Saints where he carried three football players down the field for like 10 yards to win that game and, clinch, and close that game out. So, yeah, both these guys deserve every dime. Yeah, man, George Kittle, I mean, he's definitely one of the best weapons in football, in my opinion, when you just talk about a guy. He's the true, you know, a lot of the tight ends. Travis Kelsey, you know, no disrespect to him, but um, that guy is more receiver than he is a tight end. Um, where George Kittle is, you know, he's he's like a sixth offensive lineman out there. Um, you know, what, what he does in the run game as a blocker and even in pass protection as well. But um, don't don't sleep, man. That guy makes plays in the pass game as well. Uh, and like you were saying, you know, he, he makes tough yards after the catch. But let's just jump right into the tight ends, man. So before we do, you know, before we get into the breakdown, let's recap the top 12 in total points from 2019. Uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey, he was number one. George Kittle was two. Darren Waller, three. Mark Andrews was four. Zach Ertz, five. Austin Hooper, six. Uh, Jared Cook, seven. Tyler Higby, eight. Hunter Henry, 9, Dallas Goddard, 10, Mike Gusecki, 11, and then Jason Witten finished off, fin- uh, rounds out the top 12. Um, so, you know, tight end for me, Greg, I don't know how, you know, how you approach it, but for me personally, it's one of those positions where I'm either going to get one early, so, I, you know, I'll probably, I'll, I'll try to get a George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey in the third, second, third round if I if I can or if it makes sense. Um, but if not, and most likely that's that's not the case for me, I'm just going to wait until the end of the draft and try to pick up a sleeper because, um, you know, obviously if you had a Kelsey or a Kittle or a Hooper or Andrews or Waller, you had a leg up on the competition. But after that, everyone else is middle of the pack. And, and, you know, for example, last year, the difference between tight end 12 and tight end 20 was 12 half point PPR points on the entire year. Uh, you know, we're talking about less than a point a game. So, uh, Greg, how do you approach the tight end position as, as a draft strategy? Yeah, I'm, uh, normally throughout all my fantasy career, I've never really had one of those top tight ends as far as ADP. Um, but yeah, I, last year I went you know, to the show, your breakout, Mark Andrews, I bought him a lot uh, late in the draft, and that panned out to be you know a super hit for me uh, and in a lot of players in general in fantasy. Uh, I usually try to go into the year with thinking that, uh, you know, with a guy I like, 
later in the draft. So like Mark Evan Ingram, I did like a lot last year. Uh, if it wasn't for his health, you know, he would have been panned out to be a top five tight end. Um, and so yeah, I'm usually coming into the year thinking about a guy round ten or later, nine or later uh, that I think is going to hit. Yeah, man. I mean. Just like that, I, I just, you know, like you said, I, I just always try to bring at least one, two, three guys to the table because um, you never know what's going to happen. You know, you know, last year, I, for example, Mark Andrews, you know, if you listen to the show, he was he was my guy. Um, I believe he was my was he my breakout. He or was my sleeper? Breakout. I think I had Hunter. He was my breakout. OK, I thought I had Hunter Henry as a breakout. But yeah, either um, one. We, we mentioned him for sure. <laughs> no. Yeah, for sure. No, 100 um, percent. But, you know, he. uh you know, I missed out on a guy like him. So, you know, end up with a guy like Darren Waller. So, you know, there's always these guys. We just have to look. You know, George Kittle was that guy two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just have to look for them, you know. So, um, you know, getting to the breakdown, man, uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to start, man, because I know this probably this one's probably a little hot takey. So uh, I, don't, I have I have no idea what Greg's list looks like. Um, you know, we, we do this every week. We have no idea what our list really look like. Um, but I'm going to just throw it out there. I've got George Kittle as my tight end one coming into this year. Uh, this was a guy who was first in tight end target share last year with 28% of the team targets. He did miss two games, but still managed to go over 1,000 yards receiving. The year before, he had 1,377 yards, which, like I mentioned before, that's an NFL record for a tight end. Uh, you know, like we were talking about before, I think the injury to Debo Samuel, who who primarily worked the middle of the field a lot, along with Kittle, uh, could that injury could potentially funnel more targets to Kittle's direction. A lot of the times when injuries happen, we naturally look to the next man up. In this case, Ayuk makes sense, but what we need to, uh, but sometimes we need to just look at a role that a player was playing and determine, well, who else plays that role? And so the answer for me here is Kittle. In Warren Sharp's 2020 preview, he has heat maps showing target distribution of Kittle and Debo Samuel. And, you know, they're almost identical, minus the bubble screens that Debo Samuel was getting. So, uh, you know, Jimmy G, he's his best throwing down the middle of the field. And with Ayuk being a rookie, I think he gets, you know, uh, he gets worked into a role similar to how Debo was worked into last year. You know, the the, the Niners were obviously a good team last year at 13-3, and three, which allowed them to run the ball. But, Kyle Shanahan isn't a quote-unquote running coach in the name of, like, you know, Mike Vrabel or Mike Zimmer. He's an offensive-minded coach who attacks defenses in whichever way he needs to do uh, in order to score points and and potentially and even win games. And so, you know, according to SharpFootballStats.com, the Niners in 2019 faced the NFL's 14th easiest schedule of run defenses. And in 2020, they're slated to face... Uh, the 30th easiest schedule of run defenses. So that's third worst in the NFL. However, the Niners are slated to play the 14th easiest schedule of pass defenses compared to last year when they faced the 23rd easiest schedule of pass defenses. So combine that with them potentially not having as favorable a game script as they did last year. And I think San Fran will will pass more. And this all culminates in, in Kittle slightly edging out Travis Kelsey as the tight end one for me. Yeah, I don't think this is hot take at all. This is yeah, I got George Kittle all the way too. I mean, he was what? First, yeah, was, yo, was, let's go. This man, this man was t- <laughs> tied with Travis Kelsey in fantasy points per game with twelve point nine. He would have finished right over two hundred points, uh, fantasy points total points if he played those two games that he missed. You know, he was uh, top first in red zone receptions last year. Uh, this man is you know just a dominant guy. You know, Debo Samuel's out. You talk about that point as well. Um, I really know much more to add to. That. I mean, George Kittle 
is a freak in nature. And talk about what separates him from all the other tight ends is that yak you talk about. He led the all tight ends in yak, 569 yards. You know Kyle Shanahan loves people with that yak. That's why they signed him and gave him more money. Uh, they draft people to get yak. Uh, so, yeah, this 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 offense is going to revolve around him to start uh, and prior for most of the year. He, he's a freak in nature. Yeah, man. I mean, and look, this could... This could be a case where you, you maybe you get this guy and you you uh, you know you draft George Kittle and then he he kills it at the beginning of the year or, or and then maybe you sell high on a George Kittle right yeah um, you know that's always possible because um, you never know what people are willing to pay for a tight end but you know this is a guy you know like you said you know he's 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 got that yak but I also love the personality man he's so funny he's so entertaining mm-hmm. and so I think he's I think having him on your team is is you know I think that factor right there is worth it alone yeah Jeff George Kittle if you want to go high and then say you want to get you know Blake Jarwin late very late um and George Kittle starts off whoa whoa we got they got to <laughs> listen to the episode first before they get all that man <laughs> I know it's just the, the sell high opportunity for that and then you know you'd be good <laughs> Yeah, I just set it up for you perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So the tight end too, man. I, I know Patty's your guy. You're oh, yeah. your closet Chiefs fan. So go ahead, take this one, man. Yeah, yeah. Travis Kelsey, number two. Uh, again, I think is one of those like Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes situations. If we did the episode ten times, I'd take Travis Kelsey five and George Kittle five as well. This man is a beast. I told only missed one game in the last five seasons. He's thirty, turning thirty-one this year. This man is super durable. You already know he was first in all the major categories last season as far as targets, receptions, yards, <laughs> <laughs> fantasy points per It's game. really funny to watch it, though. Yeah. Because I'm, look, I'm literally looking at it, too. He's first. He's either yep. first or second in every category yep. tight end position. Yep. He got, <laughs> you got to expect that every year. He plays with Pat Mahomes. He plays with under Andy Reid in the most prolific offense in the, in the league. It's, yeah, it's Travis Kelsey all day. He expect uh, nothing less. Um, yeah, and this year, the... They have the same roster. They have the same guys, and uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to get you know tops and targets and yards and receptions again. Yeah, man. I mean, he's got four straight thousand yard seasons, like four Crazy. straight one thousand yard seasons. Um, you know, and then I, like the other thing that stuck out to me was last year. You know, people complained because he never finished. <laughs> I think only one or few t- or a few times did he finish as the tight end one. Because um, I remember people were complaining about that in the middle of the season. But this guy, he never killed you. Only three times last year did he finish outside the top 12. I'm sorry, I take that back. He killed you one time, and that was in Week 17. But I'd argue that's probably more your fault for playing yeah. in a league that goes Facts. out to Week 17. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this guy is super consistent, um, so, and you know what you're getting. And like you said, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, you know, that's perfect. That's perfect, um, you know, uh, form- formula right there for, for a productive tight end season. Um, tight end three, man, got to go with my sleeper from last year, man. That was Mark Andrews. Yep. Um, you talked about him. He was he delivered last year with 852 yards, 10 touchdowns. He was Ooh. third at the position last year with a 24% target share. He was first at the position with .9 fantasy points per route run of tight ends with 24 or more targets. He was first and averaged at the target at 10.6. He was basically Lamar's number one receiver. Yep. Um, he is due for some possibly some regression in the touchdown department, but he could see more targets and yards as the Ravens are expected to throw more this year. Uh, I'm probably missing out on him only because he's got that round four that round four price, so it's tough for me to grab him there. Um, but Greg, where are you at on Mark Andrews? Is he your tight end three as well? Yeah, I agree. You know, tight end three, Mark Andrews as well. 
I just we're really it's good for me. like you said the could possibly be a regression. But talk about you said all those numbers that he did. He only played forty three percent of the snap share. Like <laughs> he did all this in such an efficient way. So just think if you bump that up by ten or twenty one percent, like all those numbers can you know happen again. And so it's ridiculous how efficient he was, how efficient this Raven offenses was in general. Um, so yeah, I'm all Mark Andrews. Yeah, man, for sure, uh, Mark Andrews. Man, this was this was a great call between him and Lamar Jackson. You could get that stack going. Yeah. This is a great call. Um, so, so Greg, who are your top eight tight ends for 2020, man? So, you know, I got my man George Kidd at one, Travis Kelsey at two, then Mark Andrews at three. Uh, I got Darren Wall at four. I got Ertz at five. Hunter Henry going after that at six. My man Evan Ingram, you know, finishing at seven. And uh, to find out the eight, I got Noah Fan closing and coming in at eight. Yo, this is crazy. I think this might be a first. Uh, I mean, you you just killed it with the Noah Fant one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had our top seven are exactly the same. Wow. Like <laughs> yeah, I've got George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. a word Kelsey. to each other about this. A word. <laughs> a word. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram. My eight is going to be Mike Gusecki. Word. Word. So, um... Let's just jump into the breakdown, man. Tight end oh, man. bust. I guess, I, I guess I'll just start here because, you know, I'm going to make some people mad. Um, but Zach Ertz, man, uh, last year he finishes the tight end five. Uh, so a little far off, or a little off from where he was drafted last year as the, either the tight end two or the tight end three. Um, I've got him ranked as the tight end five right now, obviously. And he's going as a tight end three or four. And now overall, he was good last year, but there were stretches where he, you know, he really didn't help you. Uh, there was people were having conversations, asking questions about whether they should cut him uh, from their fantasy teams. Um, you know, we didn't go that far, but you know, there's also the fact that he had as just as many tight end ones as or tight end one weeks as his teammate Dallas Goddard, who mm-hmm. also finished in the top 12 at the position. Uh, also add the fact that the Eagles have added wide receiver help this year. Uh, they've added like 30 of them between Jalen Rager, uh, Quez Watkins, John Hightower. Uh, um, there's somebody I'm missing. Oh, Marquis Goodwin opted out. But, um, you know, Deshaun Jackson's coming back from the core muscle injury. So I think there's probably less uh, less volume coming Zach Ertz's way. And then you obviously you combine that with with Goddard and the fact that he's dealt with injuries each of the last two years. Um, you know, again, nothing bad about the player. I just think, you know, we see this pass game probably lean on him a little less in 2020. And I also would not be surprised. I don't have it projected this way, but I would not be surprised if Goddard scores more fantasy points than him this season. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. Greg, who's your tight end bus, man? Yeah, yeah oh, just to point on that. Yeah, Goddard, I think that is like the main point to, for me to hone in on. I think that's a good call for, for her to possibly be. A bus, but uh, yeah, my tight end bus. I think a guy, you know, he's being drafted top twelve. He finished top twelve last year, but I don't think he's gonna, you know, have that outlook this year. I'm gonna go with Jared Cook, um, for the Saints. Uh, I just think the, you know, the addition of Emmanuel Sanders uh, that'll hurt his target share for sure. Um, and, you know, he was already, you know, outside the top twenty as far as uh tight ends for target share. Um, just way he made basically where he's made his money is his tight ends. I mean, his touchdowns. He got nine touchdowns last year which is a pretty high number um, for the tight end, but he only had five red zone receptions. So that correlation is going to be a little off because now if you add a receiver like Emmanuel Sanders, who's going to, you know, get outside receptions outside the red zone, that would probably take a lot of production 
outside from Jared Cook. Also, Josh Hill, who's on the team as well, on the same roster, had more of his own receptions than Jared Cook last yeah. year. So it's going to be pretty hard for him to get that nine-touchdown number, I think. Uh, again, he's going in front of guys like Noah Fant and Mike Kosecki, who you talked about and we talked about in previous episodes. Uh, so I think those two guys have way more upside uh, that you can get in a couple of rounds later. Um, so I, I think it's Jared Cook for me, for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, Jared Cook is a guy who obviously, you know, if you listen to this show last year, Greg, you had to convince me to, <laughs> to get in on Jared Cook. <laughs> so the fact that you're jumping off of Jared Cook is just validation that I'm I I also need to jump off Jared Cook because I was off of Jared Cook, um, you know, even coming into this year, like you said, Emmanuel Sanders. I think Jared Cook uh, functioned as effectively as he did last year because of the necess- necessity for him to be to be that weapon. Right. You know, Alvin Kamara was banged up. Uh, there was no number two receiver outside of Michael Thomas. That's different this year. You know, you got Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Alvin Kamara is healthy. Um, so you know, I think there's less opportunities to come Jared Cook's way. And um, you know, at the end of the day, if you take a shot on him, it's not the worst thing in the world because he is tired of Drew Brees. It's just comes down to you know what price are you paying to 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 add him to your roster yeah yeah definitely i just yeah i definitely liked him last year coming into last year because you know his value wasn't as crazy and you know Mm -hmm. you know being in the saints offense is always good for a tight end that's what we expected from colby fleener but a guy that only got five red zone receptions and got nine touchdowns that just doesn't make sense for him to repeat that this year i think so yeah yeah, man, I totally agree with that. So for me, my tight end sleeper, man, that's got to be, you know, we talked about him. You gave him away already, but that's Blake Jarwin, man. Uh, Dallas Cowboys tight end Blake Jarwin. Now, Greg, I know this is somebody that you're a huge fan of as well. Yes, uh, sir. In the offseason, the Cowboys let Hall, future Hall of Famer Jason Witten walk. I mean, he was he, I, I think he might have left his his uh, his walker in the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> locker room when he left. Um, but with him, he walked out 83 targets as well. I'm not projecting Jarwin to get all these targets, but he's someone that's been so efficient uh, with his targets from a yardage standpoint, averaging 11.6 yards per reception mm-hmm. the last two years. He's had over a 75% catch rate as well with an average depth of target of eight yards. Uh, we expect the Dallas Cowboys to be a good team and for Dak to be amongst the leaders, if not the leader in passing yardage this year. Um, and Jarwin could finally have his breakout. Uh, I also think that the Cowboys believe that that uh, I think the Cowboys believe this as well. They locked up the 26 year old tight end to a four year, 22 million dollar deal, and uh, they and they're the ones that told Jason Witten that they wouldn't bring him back. Um, you know, as he ended up signing with the with the Oakland Raiders, uh, this is a guy who you know I was excited about you know, even last year. I would have been excited about him last year had they not brought Jason Witten back because he did cap off uh, the 2018 season. Uh, Greg, I'm sure you remember this. Week 17 against your New York Giants, he had 119 receiving yards and three touchdowns uh, in that game. You know, no other tight end you're drafting in that range can say that they had 100 100 yard and a three touchdowns uh, in the same game. Uh, this guy is athletic as well, 6'5", 250, uh, 474 speed. I've got him at my tight end 14, uh, but in terms of ADP, he's the tight end 20. So, you know, I think he's worth the shot at the end of your draft uh, if you find yourself in trouble at the position. Yeah, I, I like this one super a lot. I think Blake Jarwin, you know, is a guy 
if you if you get him like last you know, couple picks where you get your defense and kicker, uh, you're you're feeling really happy right now. That you you just basically have a no a starting tight end and an offense that's going to use the tight end. Like we know they're going to use him, so uh, the opportunity will be there and the talent is there. And, and to get that in round 15, 16, I'll take that. So uh, I, I like that a lot. And for my tight end sleeper, you talk about a guy that you know Jason went left with a Walker. My man Delaney Walker left with the ventilator, yo. So I'm gonna go with, <laughs> I'm gonna go with John o. Smith. He's now the starting tight end for the uh, Tennessee Titans. Lenny Walker is an unrestricted free agent. He actually still does not want to retire, so maybe he finds a team there somewhere. This is a team that, you know, runs the ball through Derrick Henry, and, you know, A.J. Brown's going to dominate the passing game, but there's going to be a lot of targets to had uh, in the offense as far as using the tight end. Um, he was not uh, involved a lot, uh, you know, until week seven, and that's when Delaney Walker got hurt. Uh, and from that point on, John o. Smith, you know, he went on to have four double-digit games, uh, half point PPR leagues. He also finished as a tight end one four times from week seven on. So he has potential to give you some good tight end two value. I think as he's going as a tight end 17 in round 12, I think, you know, a guy you can get, uh, you know, late in, late in drafts, you're not uh, valuing the tight end position too much, plugging away at running back and wide receiver. And this guy's going to, you know, have tight end one weeks again this year that will give you wins and matchups and won't, I think, give you, uh, disastrous games like he had last year he did have some well decimal point games but i think more into coming into the season as a starter as a starter more confident uh full season on his belt i think you know the the floor will be a little higher for him this year yeah man i, I like this one a lot too he's he's this guy's an athlete at the position and guys when we're looking to draft a tight end um you know especially one late you know guys like you know, we'll obviously we're talking about some of these guys later, but a guy like Jack Doyle, he's, he doesn't really, you know, we know what the floor is on Jack Doyle, and the floor and the ceiling are almost in the same place. Yep. Um, but a guy like Jonu Smith, you know, his floor is probably where Jack Doyle's is, but the ceiling is so much higher uh, just because of the athlete that he is. You know, this is a guy that 80th percentile speed score, uh, 90, 94th percentile burst score, you know, um, you know, 6'3", 250 pounds. Yeah, he had a He's couple rushing guy. touchdowns last year. Yes, yes. Yeah. He, I was just going to say that. He had some rushing some rushing touchdowns, some rush attempts as well. Um, I think he had a, like a almost a 40-yard play on on an outside toss. Yep, yep. I remember um, that. This guy, is, this guy is an athlete. I mean, and look, man, if not anything, um, if you draft – if you draft Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, Jonu Smith, and then you just post a picture of them in your in your league message board, I'm sure uh, they will, you know, intimidate your teammates into not even setting a lineup because that's <laughs> how physically imposing these three guys are. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm sure Jonu, you know, they they probably get off the bus first, you know, uh, those three guys. Um, but you know, all jokes aside, Jonu Smith, I, I like this one a lot too. He's a guy, you know, we've been waiting on to hit on uh for a little bit you know and you know obviously last year with delaney walker going down uh he, he did end up taking advantage of some of those opportunities but yep. uh this year expects more consistency from him all right man my tight end breakout bro I, I obviously the rankings reflect it um he's my tight end eight uh that's that's right mike gasecki he finished as the tight end 11 last year uh 89 targets 
51 catches and eight, and 570 yards to go along with, with five touchdowns. The targets were seventh at the position. The touchdowns were eighth, while the catches and yards were 12th. Uh, Gasecki was a second-round pick of the Dolphins two years ago out of Penn State, and the man is an athlete. He ran 4.54 in the 40-yard dash, which is 96th percentile at the position. He's got a 95th percentile speed score, 99th percentile burst score, 99th percentile agility score, and 100th percentile in, in catch radius as he stands 6'6", 250 pounds. Um, Gasecki played 34.6% of his snaps last year from the slot, and in fact, he led all Dolphins players in, sl- in slot snaps at 374 and slot targets at 80, uh, with the second and third players being Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns, who have both recently opted out. Uh, and so, you know, bring in new, all, new Dolphins OC, Chan Gailey, who was most recently with the New York Jets. He utilized Eric Decker as a big slot wide receiver in 2015 as he played 387 of his snaps from the slot and received 81 targets from this alignment. So I think we see similar usage for Gusecki as a big slot target, and I think he gets utilized in the red zone as well uh, as Decker had seven touchdowns from this alignment and 12 total on the year. Um, And oh, by the way, we covered this last week or two weeks ago. Don't really remember, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is the Dolphins quarterback, uh, he he was the Jets quarterback in 2015 running this Chan Gailey offense. Uh, him and Chan Gailey have history as, you know, Chan Gailey was his head coach back in Buffalo uh, when he signed that $100 million contract, which blew everybody's mind. Um, so there's obviously for familiarity there. And, you know, if Tua comes in, then as always, the rookie quarterback leaning on a good tight end narrative fits in this discussion as well. So, you know, Gusecki's going off the board as tight end 14, and I think you're getting a, a potential steal here at his ADP. Yeah, I like that one a lot. You know, going back and forth, it was either going to be, you know, Mike Gusecki. He's definitely going to finish as a tight end one, I think, as well. Um, but, yeah, in my mm-hmm. breakout, I think Noah Fant, who's just had, got as much hype and uh, upside coming into this year as well. Uh, he's going as tight in 11 uh, in round nine. Um, talk about a guy, his rookie stats are very comparable with George Kittle. 40, he had 40 receptions off 60 targets and 562 yards last season. George Kittle in his rookie season had 43 receptions off, off 63 targets and 515 yards. So uh, it's very comparable. I think he has the talent physically uh, and to make this second year leap, um, especially with all the talent and the questions on this Dever roster. I think Noah Fant, you know, will be the one constant as far as his targets per game. Uh, and I think that will turn into good tight end one production uh, with him and Sutton. We're really the only two guys that, you know, got the most reps with Drew Locke uh, with this new roster this year. So I think he's a great option to get for you in your ninth round. Um, you got to keep plugging away or running back wide receiver before that. Uh, and, and I think uh, in a lot of mock drafts, I've been trying to hone in on uh, Noah Fant right when around that 9, 10, 8 spot. Uh, I'm not. I don't mind going to you know round eight to or to get him. So I'm pretty confident. No offense uh, in his ability to to play this year and, and take a leap. Yeah, man. No offense. One of those guys that you're, you're just betting on the you're 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 literally betting on the athleticism here. You're betting on the upside here because um, this is the guy who obviously showed it to us last year. Um, but you know, like like we talked about, I want a guy that has that athletic that athletic profile, the ability. You know, to just be a freak at the tight end position. Uh, you know, if you did, you look at pre, his player profiler on playerprofiler.com? Uh, I mean, I went into it, but I didn't. I didn't look into like all his, uh, the, his picture so nickname. <laughs> the best comparable, the best comp that they have for him is George Kittle. Oh, wow! Look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, not so, um, crazy with it. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's an athletic freak. They both went to the University of Iowa, uh, so they have that in common as well. Um, but, you know, Noah Fant, you know, he's he's definitely somebody I think makes a ton of sense. Um, it's actually funny where it sucks because where I have him ranked, I don't end up with him. Um, but, you know, again, where I have him ranked isn't necessarily where I would draft him because, you know, I'm going for upside when, when I'm going for a tight end. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, even if I've got a guy like an Ian Thomas slightly ahead of Noah Fan, I'm going to still go Noah Fan just because right. of the upside there or the athleticism. Um, but, but yeah, no, nah, Noah Fan, I love that pick, man. Um, let's just jump right to, to the ride or dies, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We ride together. Together. Yeah, my tight end ride or die, man. It's going to be Chris Herndon, man. Uh, New York Jets tight end. Now, last year, Herndon missed time due to injury and suspension, uh, but he was seen as a breakout candidate, and some people were even willing to draft him and stash him, um, you know, throughout his suspension and even his hamstring injury. By the way, I wasn't one of those people, nor, nor was I suggesting that. But this year, he's the forgotten man at the position. Uh, and I think that's mainly due to, to the to what he did last year and the fact that he's a New York Jet. But I think the ADP right now is criminal. He's he's available now as a tight end 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, 23, and it might be even super low. 23, yeah, 22, 23, wherever, you know, uh, two different. Um, either way, it's too low. It's too low. Yeah. Um, it's too low. Um, he might be cheaper. That might be cheaper than the price you were paying last year, which, which is crazy to me. Um, like you talked about, you talked about that. You know, uh, rookie tight ends getting 500 yards. George Kittle, Noah Fant. Uh, this is a guy who also did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, had 502 yards as a rookie playing uh, two years ago, playing with a rookie quarterback in Sam Darnold. Uh, only 13 rookie tight ends have amassed 500 receiving yards since two, since the year 2000. Um, and there's some really good guys on that list. Robert Gronkowski, Jeremy Shockey, um, George Kittle. And, and now we're talking about guys like Noah Fant and, and Chris Herndon. And the last time we saw a healthy Chris Herndon on a football field, 39 catches, 502 yards, four touchdowns, averaging almost 13 yards a catch, and having a 70% catch rate, which culminated in a tight, a tight end 15 finish. Uh, I think Darnold missed having a guy like Herndon on the field who's a big, fast, athletic target who I think will slide in and be the number two target right away for Sam Darnold. Obviously, we, we know Crowder is the number one, and, and Robbie Anderson and Demarius Thomas are both gone. So I expect him, I expect Darnold to lean on a guy like Herndon this year. Ben, um, Denzel Mims, like we talked about, he's banged up with the, with the hamstring injury. And obviously, he's had limited time himself with in this offense with Darnold, and, and so is uh, Brashad Perriman. He's also new. So I think Darnold's going to lean on a guy he knows and a guy he trusts in Chris Herndon. Uh, watching videos of this guy, he looks faster than he did two years ago. Uh, and, you know, he stands at 6'4", 253 pounds. Uh, he's he's going to work the middle of the field where Darnold thrives. And I've got him as my tight end nine this year. So, again, you're getting great, great value. Um, everyone was willing to jump on the hype last year, and the man did nothing but break his ribs and strain his hamstring upon coming back from suspension. So this one really, you know, really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I think this one is the Jets stink that he's got on him. But unless you play in a league where you lose points for starting Jets players, then go get this guy because he is legit 
top five tight end upside. Yeah, bro. This is this could be a ride or die segment, sleeper segment, breakout segment. This is uh, I love this pick for Chris Hernan. I have him also as a deep sleeper. Um, talk about yeah, the 500 yard mark. He had four touchdowns in that rookie year as well, more than Noah Fan and more than George Kittle in their rookie year. So he's got all the potential to to kill this year. Uh, he's basically going for free. You got it. I, I'm all for just not drafting a tight end and taking Chris Hernan every time. Honestly, <laughs> it's a it's a great strategy. It's, he's gonna kill. Yeah, man, absolutely, brother. I definitely, definitely am with you on this one. So, Greg, who is your tight end ride or die, man? Oh, man, yeah, it's got to be the greatest tight end I've ever seen play in power. Arguably the greatest tight end ever step on the field, Rob Gronkowski. Not only, you know, I mm. think he's a good value pick. Uh, again, greatest tight end ever. Uh, he's back with his bestie, Tom. So you already know the chemistry, uh, the, the lack of reps, all of that. The team's meetings, they, they, that doesn't matter for them. They just look at each other and know what they want to do. Like, it's going to be a, a great for them, especially in the red zone. And got to have it down. So I think he's going to be involved a lot, uh, just like he was on the Patriots. Um, I'm just very excited to see him back in the NFL, and especially not as a Patriot, so I could really enjoy his greatness, <laughs> mm-hmm. honestly. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's got to be Rob Gronkowski for me uh, on a prolific offense, uh, on a team, yeah, a team that you know his role is going to be defined. He's going uh, as a tight end 14, I believe. Um, I think he has I have him as a tight end one, finishing right at the 12-11 mark. So, yeah, I like Gronk a lot. Yeah, I actually have to... Uh, correct myself i said i have hernan at tight end nine i actually got hernan at tight end 10 and that's because i have robert rob gronkowski at tight end nine mm-hmm. uh, i think this is a great call uh you know again this is probably why i'm so high on tom brady this year having having him as my qb8 um you know getting a weapon back like rob gronkowski that's that's not a bad ride or die to have man because like you said the price you said tight end 14 yeah tight end 14 i believe uh yeah I'll double check that but I'm, he's not going that high that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, you know, um, yeah, now obviously people are concerned about him, you know, not playing a year or whatever, but uh, I, I'm not concerned at all, man. Like you said, him and Brady, they got that chemistry, that synergy, especially down by the goal line. Um, yeah, man, Gronk, Gronk's gonna, gonna eat in this offense this year. Yeah. All right, Greg. Um, so we got to talk about, you know, some guys who. You know who might fall out of the top twelve this year. Obviously, Jason Witten, thats a layup. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we'll go through the, the the list: Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, Austin Hooper, Jared Cook, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, Dallas Goddard, Mike Gesicki, and Jason Witten. Yeah, I mean Jared Cook for sure. I mean I predicted the that in my bus section. I think he's got to be the guy I look to first when. A uh, guy that's not going to finish in the top 12. Uh, and, yeah, you said Jason Wynn. That's a layup. So, um, yeah, I think so. I'm going to stick with that. I think it's, it's – so it's funny, right? Because Jared – you could totally be right about Jared Cook being a bust. Yeah. But it does not take a lot for him to finish as the tight end 12. No, it doesn't. You're right. <laughs> it doesn't. He had nine <laughs> touchdowns last year. That, that's a huge – that's a big number for him. Yeah, no. I mean, he had 146 fantasy points, averaging 10.4 points a game. Um, and he was the tight end seven. The tight end twelve was Jason Witten, who averaged who had 108 fantasy points, averaging 6.8 points a game. So it really, uh, really doesn't take a lot for yeah. him to finish the tight end twelve. It's um, going to take Gasecki and Fant kind of sneaking in there and bumping those to those two guys. Yeah, it's going to take Gasecki, Fant, Herndon, uh, yep. Grock coming in yep. and bumping a guy like Jared Cook out. Uh, I I don't think you know. I know I said I I. I could see Zach or uh, Dallas Goddard outscoring Zach Ertz, um, not projecting that to happen, 
but you know I could see uh, Dallas Goddard falling out of this top twelve for sure. Um, Tyler Higby is also interesting to me because I don't know what to do with him, man. I really don't. Um, and you know what? With that being said, let's just jump right into this next segment because, um, I, you know, I know we usually do the ADP game here, but you know, it's really hard to do tight ends I don't like since this tight end group is really small and I, I can't really like I can't really not like anyone per se. Um, so I decided to come up with a new game, Greg. Keep trade cut. Oh man! So Keep trade cut. Oh yeah. yes, my favorite Instagram. <laughs> All question, right, so definitely for sure. <laughs> So we got Tyler Higby, who was the tight end eight last year. Austin Hooper, who was the tight end six. And again, if you're confused about why we don't have Austin Hooper as high, maybe you don't know, but he's not on the Atlanta Falcons anymore. He is now on the Cleveland Browns, uh, where he he was until about a few days ago, the highest paid tight end. Um, And so, you know, so Tyler Higby, Austin Hooper, or the guy who replaced Austin Hooper in Atlanta, Hayden Hurst. Keep trade cut, Greg. What you got? I think I'm a. I'm a trade. I'm a trade Higby. I think I. I, I think I'm gonna do that. I think after a couple of weeks, it's it's crazy because you know my, my man Sean McVay. You be talking about Jared Everett too, so like, and he's on the same mm-hmm. roster, so it's, it's tough sometimes. I'm a trade. I'm a trade Higby though, because I think he'll, ha- he'll have good games, and you could be like, oh yeah, we can sell high on him. Uh, I'm gonna keep. Uh, hmm. Who the other two names again? It was Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna keep Austin Hooper. Dak, do I have to really cut Hayden Hurst? <laughs> <laughs> I right, know it's a tough. One, I'm, right? I'm actually trade Hayden Hurst and cut uh, Tyler Higby. Then actually, I think that's what I'm gonna do. That I feel okay, like. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just, Hayden Hurst has got mad potential and a, a very high point offense that throws the ball top in the leagues every year. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trade Hayden Hurst, cut Tyler Higby, keep Austin Hoover. Yeah, so actually, I'm going to, uh, I'm actually gonna trade Tyler Higby because uh, typically when I play this game, I usually like to trade the guy who has the highest value. <laughs> Word. Yeah. So Tyler Higby going off the board right now as the tight end eight. Uh, I'm gonna trade him. Uh, I'm probably gonna cut Austin Hooper uh, only because. Um, you know, Kevin Stefanski, he's coming over from Minnesota. Obviously, we don't know exactly what he's going to do, but, he, you know, they pretty much told us what they're going to do when, when they declined David Njoku's trade request. They're going to be running a lot of two tight end sets. And, and you know, similar to, um, you know, uh, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith in Minnesota last year, I feel like they kind of cannibalize each other. So, um, plus Austin Hooper's playing an offense with uh, – with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, that's not going to be. He's not probably not going to see as much pass volume as he did in Atlanta, uh, where Matt Ryan's throwing for over four thousand yards every year. Um, so I'm going to cut him, but I'm going to keep Hayden Hurst, man, because you know that Atlanta offense. We saw what Austin Hooper could do, and even if he doesn't get uh, all those targets that Austin Hooper was getting, if he just gets some of them. Uh, you know, I, I might have to be in on Hayden Hurst at, at his price because he's he's relatively cheap going off the board as a tight end 12. Um, I actually never get him because, like we talked about, I'm usually waiting around for Mike Gusecki or Chris Herndon or, uh, you know, Noah Fant's ADP is a little bit higher than, than, than his as well. So, yeah. um, But Hayden Hurst is, is definitely 
the one I probably want to keep from this group. Because yeah, I mean, I of all of all of them, I think his role is the most secure. To be honest, yeah, I'm most excited on Hayden Hurst. That's probably why someone else probably would be too. That's why I was going to trade him. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, it's hard to really call that that middle of the like the tight end mm-hmm. one, early tight end two line. So um, that's why I'm with you on getting you waiting for Noah Fant and Chris Herning and like late round sleepers. Yeah, man. So, you know, let's talk about some guys because, you know, obviously you did talk about Tyler Higbee. So is the only pass catcher in 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 L.A. you're touching or on the L.A. Rams you're touching is is Robert Woods? You want nothing to do with anybody else? <laughs> yeah, I think Robert Woods is the guy. Yeah, I, I want um I want he's touching him. He's been my guy for a couple years now. I'm, I'm going to stick with him. Yeah, because obviously if, if you're down on Cooper Cup, um, like, you know, we've talked about many times on this show. Um, if you're down on Cooper Cup because of the 12 personnel, um, then, then you know, for the listeners out there, maybe that means that you guys should be looking into a Gerald Everett or Tyler Higbee a little bit more because, you know, those targets have to go somewhere, right? Um, those opportunities have to go somewhere. So uh, Gerald Everett's definitely, if, if you're in that camp, you know, I know I'm not, uh, Greg is, is purely in the touching Robert Woods, that's it. But depending on what camp you're in, then then you know maybe you need to consider uh, Gerald Everett a little bit more. Um, you know David and Joku. To that point, we talked about um, obviously the offensive situation this year and the fact that the um, the fact that the Minnesota Vikings ran a lot of two tight end sets. And so, uh, do you, is Njoku somebody that potentially intrigues you in this in this uh, Browns offense? Uh, some, I think he has, you know, tight end two value. Uh, he could, he's, he's super talented. Um, he, yeah, he, he didn't get the trade you said, so I guess they do have some plans to use him. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think, I think he has good, some good tight end two value that's going to end up with some tight end one weeks, just like, uh, you know, Austin Hooper on the same team. They're going to, I think one, one hits, the other one's not though. It's going to be hit on this, honestly. <laughs> that's, that's how it's going to be week to week. Like Darren Fells and uh, what was his name last year on the Texans? <laughs> oh yeah, Darren. I mean, Darren Fells was just like a touchdown machine. It was like one yeah. catch, eight yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> like you were just praying for that touchdown when you started Darren Fells. But yeah, I think you know, like you were saying, um, you know, it's going to be a matchup based thing. You're going to have to see how the how the snaps are, um, how the snaps are being distributed between these two guys. Uh, it's definitely going to be something to watch. You know, if if Austin Hooper is being used more as a blocker uh, and maybe David Njoku is leading the tight end position in routes, you know, that's something that cued us on on getting Dallas Goddard last year, um, you know, over, you know, and starting him over a Zach Ertz or potentially starting him in leveraging the Zach Ertz situation because Dallas Goddard was playing a ton of snaps uh, in the two tight end sets, but he was also running um, more... It, I think close to, if not more routes than Zach Ertz was. Um, so, you know, the, the, the routes that are being run, that's important. That's something to watch, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, that's something that actually led us to Ryan Griffin as well. Cause he led all tight ends in routes in routes run. He just wasn't getting the ball for a good chunk of the season, but eventually, you know, you know, uh, a, unless, unless a guy is like Chris Hogan and they're just running, they're just getting exercise. Like they like to say, um, you know, then, then obviously that's a situation you leave alone, but it's definitely something to watch. Um, another guy, uh, you know, Iowa had, you know, they're, I guess they're churning out tight ends. They had two tight ends drafted in the first round last year. Uh, this is your your dynasty tight end, Greg, 
TJ Hawkinson, who came out week one, um, you know, had the crazy game against the Arizona Cardinals. What are you doing with TJ Hawkinson this year? Uh, I think, again, he, he might he has some tight end two upside as well. Um, I'm also in a wait and see mode. Um, cause yeah, we, I talk about, you know, the expectations after week one just shot up. So I think that's unfair to him, kind of. Uh, for you know, rookie tight end, but this year he's you know as long as Matthew Stafford is healthy, I think uh, I think he has some tight end you know two value and also can finish with some tight end one weeks as well. Um, he's highly talented out the draft, so I see no reason why he could be a popular waiver wire pickup after you know a couple weeks to start. Yeah, man. I mean, like you said, he he had expectations put on him. You know, after that week one, um, you know, never really capitalized. Um, but you know, he's somebody who's an athlete at the position. He was the eighth pick in the draft two years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, that not, not the eighth pick in the second or third round. He was the eighth pick in the entire draft two years ago. Um, you know, so this is a guy who, you know, six, five, two fifty one. um, you know, playing in this Matt Stafford led offense. I think he does have potential. Um, he's an, he's an athletic guy as well. Uh, maybe not the athlete that Noah Fant was, but, um, or Noah Fant is, but he, but he's definitely in somebody that you can take a shot on. Um, Greg, another one of your dynasty rookie, or no one of your oh, dynasty yeah. tight ends. The one of them Jay got Jay Sternberger. Hit, man. <laughs> one of them got a hit. So, what are you doing with a with a guy like Jay Sternberger? You know, playing for the Green Bay Packers in an Aaron Rodgers led offense. No Jimmy Graham. Uh, no number two receiver to speak of. Um, what are you doing with a guy like Jay Sternberger? So I, I like his I like his talent I like his his outlook I think I'm a little more excited for T.J. Hawkinson if I had to choose one, uh, just because mm-hmm. tight ends in Aaron Rodgers' offense historically just never been anything like I I don't know who was the best tight end really to play with Aaron Rodgers than produce like Jericho, Michael Finley Michael Finley yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, I I think honestly I wouldn't I'm not too excited I think you know has some some good outlook I mean you know Aaron Rodgers is not going to be a Packer in like a couple of years so um you know maybe he has some some good definitely for Dynasty I think he has some uh some good potential but yeah if I, if I had to choose between the two I'm I'm, a, I'm more excited about TJ Hawk yeah man I mean again right like any of these guys like you're not even looking for them to finish as the as a top five tight end, I mean you. That's your hope when you draft them, but you just don't want them to lose you a week, you know. Yeah, get uh, you them again in the games. <laughs> yeah, no, like a point eight, like bro, I'm not trying to have that in my lineup. Um, so you know, I think you know he's a guy that obviously you want to pay attention to. You know, ha- you know what's his target distribution like? Is he on the field? Um, you know, and it's just um, someone to monitor because you know all these guys that we're talking about. You know, obviously, if you listen to us, uh, we we do our streams of the week during the season. We do oh, our yeah. quarterback stream, uh, tight end stream, our, our defensive special team stream, along with our starts of the week. So, um, you know, we'll we'll be talking about some of these guys throughout the year. Yep. You know, depending on if they have good matchups and stuff. Uh, another guy who fits that that narrative, Ian Thomas. Um, you know, Carolina Panthers tight end. Uh, you know, is playing with with Teddy Bridgewater this year. Uh, Greg Olson, he's now in Seattle, um, so you know there's opportunity there for Ian Thomas to to potentially um, you know get some targets in this offense. Mm-hmm. So, Greg, what are you doing with Ian Thomas? I do like his upside a little bit, um, a lot actually. Going to be you know tied into around that same jumbled and 
all those other tight end twos, but I think his upside is a little higher as far as um, those other guys because he's going to be the starting tight end. Teddy Bridgewater, we know he threw to Jared Cook. It's part of the reason why Jared Cook was uh, finished as a top uh, tight end one last year. So he's going to use the tight end. I think he's going to you know target him. So I, I like Ian Thomas uh, and his outlook coming into the season. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I've got Ian Thomas at tight end sixteen. It's actually funny. I think I've, I, you know, I've got him ranked higher than some other guys that that we like. So, you know, I just never walk away with him, um, just because again, guys like um, Chris Herndon, you know, and Mike Isecki are going so late. It's just yeah. it's criminal to me. Yeah. Um. So I I find myself just waiting until the end of the draft, like to draft one of these guys. Um, so, you know, but he's definitely somebody that has upside, like you talked about, Teddy Bridgewater targeting the tight end. I think that's key as well. Um, another, you know, and now we get to, you know, some of these some of these older guys, um, you know, Jack Doyle, uh, what are you doing there? I mean, obviously I, t- I touched on him, the floor and the ceiling, they're, they're, they're like there's no separation there. Um, but you know, Philip Rivers coming in, he he does have a history of targeting the tight end. So is uh, Jack Doyle somebody that you'd look to if you were in trouble? Uh, yeah, I think during the year he's going to be a popular streaming option, especially because you know no more Eric Ebron and stuff too. So uh, I think that's going to help him. It was hard to you know call, and you know you knew Jack Doyle was like the safer and the better tight end. Is that Eric Ebron would be getting t- touchdowns. So it will always be taken away from his production, but uh, I, yeah, I like Jack Doyle. You know, from week to week, um, a guy. If you you know if you want to go into the strategy, if you uh, don't even value tight ends at all, want to stream tight ends, I think he'd be a good like week one to start him Herndon, uh, and, like in you know, switching and out people uh, throughout the year. I think he'd be he'd be good. A name that's going to pop up throughout the year. Yeah, man. I mean, he's again. He, you you know what you're getting when you put him in your lineup. Um, you know, somewhere around like five to six points is, yep. is what you can expect from him. Um, you know, he, he's probably a little bit more intriguing is once we get into like full point PPR leagues. Um, but who's another guy? You know, you talked about him just now, Eric Ebron. He's leaving uh, Indiana, or he left Indianapolis, and now he's headed to Pittsburgh to play with Big Ben. Um, so are you looking in his direction at all, Greg? Uh, I think I have him kind of around where Jack Doyle is, I think with a little more tight end, uh, I mean, touchdown uh, upside because, you know, he's historically been a guy to get touchdowns. Also, he's in a, a Big Ben offense. You, uh, we'll talk about many times, you know, when Big Ben is there, they're going to be tops in attempts, uh, tops in throws, um, and tops in, you know, a lot of passing metrics. So uh, I, I like any, you know, player that's going to be possibly targeted on, on this offense with Big Ben. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, week to week, uh, he'll be a name to pop up, especially in DFS. I think he'll have some good matchups where if you're hunting for for touchdowns in DFS, I think he, he'd be a guy to name, pop up. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, you know, Eric, you know, we, we chased Vance McDonald last year. Yep. Uh, we chased Heath Miller uh, until he retired. Uh, so I think Ebron – uh, is somebody that, like you said, probably has that touchdown upside, um, and you know maybe he has a little bit more upside uh, in other areas than than you know even you know I might be thinking, for example. So, um, you know, I, yeah, he's he's definitely somebody who has not been on my radar because historically I just like look at Eric Ebron and I'm like ill. Yeah. Um, but you know Pittsburgh, 
puts a different puts him in a little different of a light in my opinion um just because like you said a big ben led offense so um that's interesting there um you know and then obviously a guy we talked about uh greg olson we you know you know leaving leaving carolina heading to seattle to play with russell wilson um who obviously we know loves the tight end for example will disley who He's loved each of the last two years, uh, except, you know, Disley has suffered from season-ending injuries each of the last two years. Last year, uh, it was his Achilles. Uh, the year before, it was his patella. So, Greg, where are you at with these two guys? Um, I'm probably, you know, I did like the, the signing. I do also own Greg Olsen in my Dynasty League. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I have, you know, I think there'll be weeks where he's going to also pop up. Um these all these guys that we're naming like gonna have weeks where you're like oh Greg Olson when you name those top twelve tight ends uh, week to week that I think Greg Olson will end up being there sometimes um, especially in the red zone uh, he was targeted last year and he was you know targeted it's just his career he's been a, a good guy in the red zone to have um, just solid hands man he, he lot a lot a lot of drops um, caught, you know he's it's gonna be a consistent guy I think um, when it comes down in that in that area but Will Disley also coming back. I mean, I'm not going to draft any of them. I think just, again, week-to-week week, uh, players that will pop up. Yeah, man, I think, um, you know, if you told me one of these tight ends was going to be the guy and you told me which one, I'd probably be more in because, as we saw last year, Will Disley was, you know, he was a tight end one. Yeah, a tie- um, yeah Disley was nice. He was he was definitely a tight end one. Um, you know, he was one of those guys we picked up off the waiver wire early um, in the year, uh, and it sucked to obviously see him suffer the injury, but then Jacob Hollister came in and he was even useful at times. Um, so yeah, I think if you told me one of these guys was going to be the guy I'd be more in, but the fact that I don't know, you know, there's two of them now. Um, I really don't know what to do with them. Um, you know, I, so I'm probably going to just stay away and let that situation sort itself out and I'll, I'll check back in on it in the in the middle of the year. Yeah. Um, and then last last group I wanted to touch on was Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith. Um, these are two guys that obviously um, you know play on the same team in Minnesota. Um, you know where they ran a lot of two tight end sets last year, and you know with the with the the exit of Stephon Diggs from Minnesota, you know. Obviously, there's targets there that are available. Um, Justin Jefferson is expected to fill that role. But, you know, like we talked about, rookies might be tough this year. And so um, are you looking to any of these guys? Kyle Rudolph finished last year as the tight end 14. Uh, Irv Smith finished last year uh, much later than that. It was like the tight end 30. But he had a stretch of weeks where he was actually the number one tight end on this team. So, um, Greg, are you are you intrigued by either of these guys at uh, all, or is it probably you know, the situation the, you look to? Yeah, I'm the least excited of any of the, the those guys we talked about. This is where I'm not touching at all, probably just because you they're so up and down. Kyle Rudolph's probably the most touchdown dependent tight end in the league. Um, and yeah, not named Darren Fells. Yeah, not named Darren <laughs> Fells, and he you know he's talking about uh, Irv Smith Jr. who's you know, could be the one at some games. It's just too hard to predict. That's all DFS, and that's all just you know week to week uh, streaming. You know, you need a guy emergency Sunday morning. Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith. You know that that's that's the names I'm looking at. 
Yeah, man, I, I agree with that assessment as well. Uh, it's just this is a situation where I, I really don't want to play this game of guessing. And, and, you know, this isn't like running backs or wide receivers where they're all going off the board. So now I have to go into the 30s or the 40s to get a guy, um, you know, in your typical draft, unless you're playing in, you know, a tight end premium league or a league where you have to start two tight ends. You know, if you're starting, if you're playing in your typical 12-team league, you know, you, you shouldn't, there shouldn't be more than 20 tight ends drafted in your league. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, you know, I, I just, neither of those guys are guys that I'm really going to be looking to at later points in the draft. But like you said, you know, maybe want to play the matchups, maybe play some DFS, um, you know, th- then these guys become interesting throughout the year, and, you know, being talked about as potential stream candidates. Yeah. Um, anybody else you want to talk, talk, talk about at the tight end position, Greg? Uh, uh, the only thing I want to shout out, if Evan Ingram, he's been always dinked up in his career. Just letting you know, Caden Smith, my man coming in, if he, he'd be a nice tight end. Uh, I saw a handcuff, not really handcuff, but a guy that's going to come in and, and ball out. Just have him ready if uh, Evan Ingram has any issues injuries-wise. Giants and science information, you know. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, Evan Ingram is definitely uberly talented he just cannot stay on the field which is you know very frustrating but if he can put that together man like you said earlier this is the guy with top five tight end upside uh also on that list uh, you know of tight end of rookie tight ends to have 500 yards evan ingram had 700 yards as a rookie oh yeah crazy killed um so uh yeah that's definitely in his range of outcomes but the caden smith call obviously a, a good one um yeah, man, I think that that's all we got for the mm-hmm. tight end show, man. Um, you know, that's the breakdown. The tight end breakdowns are, uh, obviously marks the end of this four-part series. So, you know, we really hope that you all enjoyed it. And make sure you come back next week because we get another mock draft Monday. But yes, this sir. time it's going to be a little bit different because Greg and I, we're going head-to-head here. So uh, if your draft's coming up and and then you'll you'll get to hear – uh, Greg and Greg and myself each go through our own drafts this time, and maybe you know we can see who, who put together the better roster. So you don't you don't want to miss that one. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it was a very popular one last time, so I'm I'm pretty very excited for a lot of good feedback from that one. Yes, sir, absolutely. So please, if you like what we're doing, just please subscribe, follow the podcast, uh, wherever it is that you're listening. Uh, if you if you're on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead write us a review. It definitely goes a long way to helping us out. And again, that that's absolutely free. Uh, or you could just leave leave us the five stars uh, if you feel like we've earned that. So just make sure uh, to stay updated with us. Oh, by the way, we got to announce it, Greg. The, our fans, we we you know we've been trying to figure out what to call you know loyal listeners of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. You know, we, we did some brainstorming. Um, shout out to my wife, Bianca, because she's the one that, that that gave me this inspiration. But, you know, Greg and I, we both agreed. The hashtag DX Tribe. You already know DX Tribe out there. Uh, the official name, the official uh, ribbon cutting, you want to call it? Yeah, let, let's go. So, you know, if, if you enjoy being part of the hashtag DX Tribe, uh, then go ahead and please give us that five-star review. And then also... Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FF Diagnostics. Make sure you go follow Greg on Instagram at we underscore made it. And then make sure you follow me on both platforms at JR Football Nerd. And as always, thank you for listening. And we are out. We are out.